Amen. Can I have all y'all stand up? What's happening, church? What's happening? Are we good today? Yes. Want to say hello to all our campuses. Everyone say San Marcos. San Marcos. Say East County. East County. City Heights. City Heights. San Isidro. We have church online. We have online church. Give, give all the people out there online church. And microsites. Let's give all those people out there a big hand. God bless y'all. Amen. Now that we're standing up, let's get on our knees. I'm just trying to get y'all some exercise today. Some exercise. Good, 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 good. Someone say God is good. Um, if you are a visitor, my name is Miles, I'm the pastor of The Rock. We are 18 years old. We have five campuses, uh, physical campuses here in San Diego. We have about 13 mini campuses that are portable, put up in an alley or a gym or whatever. And then we have online church. Um, uh, if you are having a rough time in your life, this is exactly where you need to be. Okay. And, if, and all of us are dealing with something. Can I get amen? Amen. I, I seriously doubt if there's one person in this room or on our campuses who's not dealing with something they think they can't handle. Include all of us. This is where we're getting to be so we can cry out to God and, and uh, hopefully what God says to you is encouraging you today. Um, and I say God says because I'm going to say something, but he's going to say something better than what I'm going to say. <laughs> Lord, thank you that you're going to speak. We, we acknowledge that you're here. You are good. You are good. You are good. Even when we don't understand it or feel it, uh, we just have to wait till the end of the movie. So thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, God's going to bless you today. <laughs> we guys ready? Okay, before we start, before we start, uh, last, mo last Monday through Friday, we had our online prayer, Dialed in Prayer Challenge online. Amen. We want to put up the graphic. We're going to go again this tomorrow through Friday, 6 a.m., uh, I'm leading a, a prayer meeting online on our Facebook page. It's all in your bulletin. I want you to get up and get online at 5.59. We start right at 6 o'clock. Every day we have technical difficulties. The devil don't want us to pray. And I'm on the screen. As a matter of fact, one, one of the days we were counting down to 5, 4, 3, and there was no video. And I was looking at a blank screen going, Jesus, Jesus. He said, ah, I'm just joking. And then it came right on at, <laughs> right at 6 a.m. But I want, want to encourage you to get online uh, uh, five days. And um, I think re we reached almost a half a million people this week, cumulative all total. But um, I just want to encourage you to get online and pray. People getting healed, people getting saved. And we can share it with your friends. People who are, have had it shared with them uh, got on and got prayed for. So m tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, if you look, look in your bulletin, actually, if you get out your lesson plan real quick, we are I'm challenging you to pray for three people to come to church on Easter. Easter is two weeks from today. We have Good Friday and then Saturday, Sunday. And I want you to be thinking about and praying about who you're going to invite to church. Amen? Yeah. Don't just come yourself. Get, get, let's get some people who can benefit from hearing the gospel and hearing the good news of Jesus' resurrection. Amen? All right, get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out. Keep that lesson plan out because we're going to use it. Get your Bibles out on the count of three. Say word. It's simple, 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 simple. It's real simple. On the count of three, I'm going to say one, two, three. And then after that, they for us. Say word. Okay. One, two, three. Word. That's 
real simple, real simple. Turn to Romans chapter 5, real simple. Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5. I'm excited. I'm excited. A, a Romans 5, a metaphor is a story or an illustration that compares characteristics of one thing to another, and sometimes those stories are used to illustrate a characteristic of something that you don't understand by using something you do understand. Like my, my son, when he was born, we teased him because he had a big head. So we would say, your head is like the earth, okay? It's like a globe. It's like a rock, okay? Uh, uh, and so you, you get it, you know. In the Bible, there are different kinds of metaphors to describe our spiritual maturity. There are manufacturing metaphors, those that um, use fire and the process of fire refining something to describe what you really are. There are animal metaphors and there are plant metaphors. Uh, a manufacturing metaphor is something like in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you can just write this down, verse 12, it says, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. In other words, when you live your Christian life, some of the things you do are based on faith, and some of the things you do are based on ego or fear. And in the end, you're going to be rewarded for the things you did by faith, but those things are going to be tested by fire, and that will prove what you did and, and reveal what you did by faith versus what you did by pride or arrogance or fear. For example, you can come to church, and you're coming to church because you have ulterior motives. You're not really coming to worship God. And you can say, God, look, I'm at church. He says, well, that's the issue. You're there just to be seen. And so there are some things we do to be seen. There's some things we do for uh, uh, selfish purposes. You're not going to get credit or blessed for that. But there are things you're going to do by faith. And by the way, yes, Christians will be tested in, uh, and your works will be tested in heaven. And so it's like putting a piece of gold and a piece of grass in a furnace. And when the furnace burns, the, the gold and the grass, the only thing left is the gold. Matter of fact, the only way you really know how true your faith really is, is by how you act when things get hot. In other words, anybody can come to church when everything's going good. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. When everything's going good, of course God is good. You don't need to be a Christian to appreciate God when things are going good. It's what happens when things aren't going good. Matter of fact, if you take a tea bag, the only way you really know what kind of tea it's in, even if there's a label, the only way you really know what kind of tea it's in, it is, is when you put it in hot water. So the same is true with you and me. When you listen to what you say and how you act when things don't go your way, that's the true nature of your Christian faith. It's not the information you have. It's how you act when you, when you get in hot water. So that's a manufacturing metaphor. Then there's animal metaphors. Animal metaphors, anytime, most of the time, you get compared to an animal in the Bible, that's illustrating what you shouldn't be like. Okay? Romans, uh, Proverbs 26, it says, As a dog returns to his vomit... So a fool repeats his folly. How many of y'all seen a dog throw up and then come back and take a second bite? Raise your hand if you've seen that before. It's nasty. Okay, it's nasty. The Bible says as nasty as that is, so are you and you do the same dumb stuff over and over again. That's what the Bible says. As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. So a fool continues to date the same kind of dude every time. Same kind of girl every time. 
Make the same mistakes, uh, insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and, and thinking something different is going to happen. That's just like a dog going to his vomit. That thing made you sick. Now you're going to eat it again? It already made you throw it once. You're going to throw it up again? Uh, the Bible says in First Peter, uh, for you are like sheep going astray. When the Bible calls you sheep, it's calling you dumb. It's not saying that's a good thing. You're stupid. Okay? That's why you need a shepherd. Because you're dumb. The Bible, the Bible says that in Luke chapter 10, it talks about lambs and wolves. It, it, talks about, it talks about having the tongue of a viper, double tongue. You say one thing, then you say another. Those aren't good. So manufacturing to, and metaphors talk about to prove what you are. Then there's animal metaphors to talk about what you shouldn't be. And then there are plant metaphors. The plant metaphors describe what you should be like. You should be growing. <laughs> Bearing fruit. You should be alive. Reproducing. The Bible says in uh, John chapter 15, I am the vine, you are the branch, and my father's the vine dresser, and every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. You should bear fruit. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. Are y'all following me? Every single one of you was, is a living organism with a seed, spiritual seed, able to produce life in someone else. You are not just to have information in your head. You are a living, reproducing organism, life-giving organism. And the Bible describes us as this life-giving organism. We, we were in this series called Dialed In. Everyone say Dialed In. And Dialed In is a, a series on prayer that basically says there are conversations happening in heaven. There's activity in the spiritual world that we need to get dialed into when we pray. That before we start just praying stuff, we need to say, what is God already doing? This uh, setup behind me is my place where I'm supposed to pray. Weeks ago, we talked about establishing a place when you're going to pray, a time when you're going to pray, how long you're going to spend in the presence of God. This is God's chair. It's symbolic that God is here waiting for us. This radio is symbolic of us dialing into a station. When you dial into a station on the radio, you are dialing into a station that's already in progress. And so right now, the Holy Spirit's praying. Jesus is praying. Jesus is advocating for you. Holy Spirit's interceding for you. The Holy Spirit's doing all this stuff. Angels are fighting on your behalf. The angels are worshiping God in heaven. And so we are dialing into what's already happening. When you pray for yourself, you need to be dialing into what God is already trying to do in your life. Often we pray for things. There's nothing wrong with praying for things as long as you're not praying for things to replace the joy that God wants to give you. In other words, you can pray for finances, but don't pray for finances think, if I get money, I'm going to be happy when Jesus has to be the source of your happiness. Or if I get a house, I'm going to be fulfilled and look important when Jesus is the one who gives you your valley. Value. So you pray for those things so you can be a, be a blessing to people. But really, I need to pray for what is God doing in my life. And we're going to look at Romans chapter 5 to find out what, God's, what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life. Because what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life is setting us up to bear fruit. Because you shall be known by your fruit. You will not be known by your information. Because there are people who have information about the Bible and they're idiots. Can I get Amen. You know, you, you know that, oh, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, where's your love, homie? 
Where's your patience? Where's your grace? Where's your forgiveness? Okay? It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, it says, not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God, everyone say the love of God, <clears throat> has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Number one in your notes, I declare. Oh, yeah, say it. Say, I declare. Say, I declare that the Holy Spirit is pouring the love of God into our hearts. Oh, okay, so watch this, watch this. Remember, you can write that in your notes. Dialed in means I need to know what God's doing. I need to know what God's saying. I need to know the activity God's happening in, uh, uh, doing in my life. And I want to connect with that. I don't want to ask God, God, join me in what I'm doing. I want to say, God, I want to join you in what you're doing. And how I know what you're doing is in the Bible. So right now we're talking about you are pouring the love of God in my heart. So God, I acknowledge that you're pouring the love of God in my heart. And I acknowledge that I am a fruit-bearing creature. You've made me to bear fruit. So you are pouring the love of God in my heart. And the love of God in my heart is going to come out in the form of spiritual fruit. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. Turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Galatians 5.22, it says, ooh, this is, this is so good. Everyone say fruit. Remember, remember, you are fruit bearing. You are a vine. You are a, a fruit tree. You are an apple tree, orange tree. You are supposed to bear fruit. You are a living organism. You are a life-giving organism. You are supposed to speak life. You are supposed to produce life, make disciples. Something's supposed to come out of you. It says in, in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the fruit, the result the outward expression of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What does that mean? That as the love of God is being poured in you, the love of God wants to come out in those ways. That's how you know you're healthy. It's not that you have this information in your head, but that you are expressing the love of God through your love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. So when you're praying for yourself, don't skip asking for things, thinking those things will give you love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Say, Lord, I want to make sure I am covering my basis first, that what I am praying for is what you're trying to do in my life. Let me give you an illustration. I want you to imagine this glass is your heart. And by the way, if you uh, weigh 100 pounds, um, basic science, and I, I say basic science, what I read online. <laughs> of course, it's, it's online, it's, it's already true. But, you know, from what, from what nutritionists have told me, and, and you, you know, you, you need to stay hydrated. And so if you weigh 100 pounds or let's say 100 pounds, make it simple, you should drink 50 ounces, a half of your weight in ounces of water a day. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should drink 50 ounces of water, give or take. So you can do, your, do the math for yourself. You just put your number up and divide it by two. That's half, 50%. If you, <laughs> some of y'all are already gone. You're already gone. <laughs> okay, so you take your weight and you divide it by two and you get this number and, then, and that's the amount of ounces you should drink throughout the day. If you drink that much water or more or even close, but if you drink that much water a day, guess what's going to happen? You're going to go to the bathroom all day. 
It has to come out. It has to come out. When you get full of the Holy Ghost, it has to come out. <laughs> Don't get caught up on the analogy. Don't get caught up. Don't get distracted. Just know that it has to come out. <laughs> Pay attention. Right here, right here, right here. Here you go. <laughs> watch this, watch this. This is you. This is your heart. Here's the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in Romans 5, he's pouring the love of God in your heart. Can you all see that? He ain't going to stop there. He's like, I want to give you all the love of God. Come on now. Come on now. I'm going to give you some more. You want some more? Come on, you want some more? You want some more? Yeah, you want some more? How much you want? That's you. See all that stuff coming out? See, in religion, I just want to get enough. I'm saying, I say, get, that's all. I, I'm good. No, 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 no. God says you are a fruit-bearing organism. And the fruit is the overflow. I want to overflow in your life. Can, y'all, can you say amen if you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, be, because you are fruit bearing, I want to pour the love of God in your heart. So when you're praying for yourself, when you pray for yourself, start here. Start there. God changed me. And, and, you don't, and by the way, you don't have to be vague. You can be very specific because the Bible tells us what that overflow is. Look what it says. Look, at, look what it says in your notes. Look what it says in your notes. It says, I declare, say I declare, that the evidence of God's love being poured inwardly. Now, here's what we're going to do. We have uh, nine fill-ins or eight fill-ins, eight more fill-ins. Those fill-ins come from Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Each one of those lines is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Are y'all following me? I'm not going to fill them all in right now. So if you're one of those people that I'm telling you in advance, you can fill it in. It comes right from those verses, and, and I want you to fill it in. I'm, I'm going to pick the first three or four that I have time for. But here's the thing. When the Holy Spirit is flowing in your life, the Holy Spirit is not going to come out of your life in any way inconsistent with the heart of God. So what you need to do is pray, Lord, I want to express, and I want the love of God to flow in and through me in a way that's consistent with your heart. And I want you to open my eyes to show me when I am not expressing the heart of God properly. That's when we sin. That's when we mess up. That's when we got to say, okay, God, my bad. Transform my heart. Change the way I think. Change the way I respond. Are y'all following me? So let's read Galatians 5.22 again. One more time. Let's read that verse. It says, it says, the fruit of the Spirit. Say the fruit of the Spirit. Spirit. Or the result of the Spirit being uh, poured in me. Say the result of the Spirit being poured in me. The result of the fruit is love. Joy, love, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against there is no law against that. But you know what what that means? That there is no law that tells you you can't do that. And by the way, I'll start with the last one just because it's up there. the only kind of control God ever teaches us to have is self-control. God has never taught us to control somebody else. That's called slavery. <laughs> you trying to control your wife? You're enslaving her. You put her in bondage. God didn't put her in bondage. Or who are you to put her in bondage? You trying to control your husband? Because that happens too. Can I get an amen? You know, y'all know, y'all know. Little comment here, little comment there. 
trying to control your kids. Now, you, you kind of direct your kids. Let your kids fall. Go that way. And they go that way? Okay. What we're supposed to do is control ourselves. That's it. Self-control. So let's look at these. Number, number two, it says, uh, I declare the, pres- the evidence of God's love being poured inwardly is joy being expressed outwardly. Um, joy is happiness originating from within. For example, I'm having a bad day. Man, I have to have someone say something nice to me to have a good day. I'm going to go buy myself something. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you're that person. (laughs) Nothing wrong with buying yourself a nice gift. I'm not saying that. And there's nothing wrong with a nice gift making you happy. But what you don't want to be is dependent on things outside of you to make you happy. What you need to do is depend and trust in and learn to rely on and learn to tap into the joy and happiness that the Lord gives you from within. You ever meet people who are Christian and they are just grumpy all the time? How you doing? Praise the Lord. Well, you know, I just lost my job. and It's so cold out. It's 62, homie. Yeah, well, you know, my basketball team lost and, you know, I, I was up in prayer today and it was, it was so early in the morning. I don't know why he's got to get up at six o'clock and pray in the morning. And it's like, brother, are you, sister, are you saved? Like, do you have God in your life? And there are some of y'all in here, you, the, the devil is always going to be coming after you. There's always going to be reason to complain. The question is, what are you focusing on? Are you praying, Lord, I want, I want joy to bubble out of my heart because you are a spirit of joy. You have, you, God knows everything and all the blessings in the heavenly places available to you that he wants to give you. You have no reason to be sad. <laughs> As many of y'all know, my mother died and it was a sad period. And in the midst of that sadness, there was so much happiness and so much satisfaction knowing God had her. I'm not saying sadness is not a real and legitimate feeling, but there are people who walk around grumpy. They've been baptized in lemon. <laughs> God is so good. Instead of, you know what? God's got me. How was your week? Man, I've been having a great week. What happened this week? You know, I got fired. I got fired from the charges three times. This is true. First, no, I got, I'm sorry, I got cut once from the Rams and twice from the charges. Three times. First time I was mad, I, I was sad, I cried. Second time I was mad because it was, uh, because I was a believer, in my opinion. The third time I was glad. The third time I got fired, I actually prayed for my coach. Why? Because God had brought me to a place where he said, I got you. It's time to move on. I was like, cool, what's next? And so joy (laughs) comes from within. Next one is peace. I declare that the evidence of God's love being poured inwardly is peace being expressed outwardly. Uh, 
Peace is not the absence of activity. If you go to heaven, the ruling principle in heaven is peace. Peace is not this. That's quiet. Matter of fact, if you, ever been, if you ever go to the woods where there are wild animals and you walk up on a squirrel. When I was growing up, we had squirrels everywhere and they were riding on the, the electrical wires, jumping from trees. It was, they, were, they were like my guys. I just was like, those brothers got skills. <laughs> but if you walked up on a squirrel, they'd be, and they would freeze. Because they thought if they would freeze, you wouldn't see them. They would kind of blend in. <laughs> That's not heaven. You know what heaven has? Thunder and lightning and praise and worship and angels screaming, holy, 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 and the throne shaking and smoke and lightning like rainbow. And people, a lot of times, I've heard many times people say, well, the rock is trying to mimic a concert because they got lights and smoke and all this stuff. We're not trying to mimic a concert. We're trying to mimic heaven. The concert's a copy in heaven. This is what it's going to be like in heaven. It ain't going to be like, hum, hum. And, 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 you know, out here in California, we got, like, baby thunder. We don't really have thunder, like East Coast thunder. Like, East Coast. Can, can I get an amen from the East Coast people? Yeah, amen. Amen. Always got East Coast people. We got any, any West Coast people out of here? <laughs> Five people. How many East Coast? We have East Coast people. And East Coast thunder will make you say a bad word. It'll make you say a bad word. East Coast thunder. Ka, 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 ka. And then it's like, it's like a crack. Then the lightning comes. And it's like God going like this. His, East Coast Sunday to me, this is just my opinion. It's God doing this. <clears throat> <clears throat> Pay attention. That's what it's like God. But amidst all that, there's peace. There's order. There's clarity. I got it. Your life can be doing all this. And God says, I got you. And you know, the Bible says that if you think on these things, in Philippians chapter 4, the peace that surpasses understanding will guard your heart. In other words, everything's going crazy and you're like, why am I not tripping? Because the Holy Spirit says, I got you. Your mind is telling you, you need to start tripping. This is not going good. And your heart says, stop. And by the way, uh, real quick. Uh, God speaks to you through your spirit. And what God says to you has to influence your mind versus your mind influencing your spirit. <laughs> you can't, you can be thinking one thing. I need so-and-so amount of money in the bank for me to be peaceful. And then the spirit of God can tell you something completely opposite. I can bankrupt you and give you one dollar in your bank and give you peace. When I, when I first... When I, a lot of y'all like, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want that test, God. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> hey, when I first went into ministry, I, I, I retired from the charges in September for whatever the deadline was. And then the next week I was in ministry. And I got a job uh, at a church, Horizon Christian Fellowship, and my first, <laughs> my, first pay, my first salary was $500 a month, $125 a week. I had three kids, a house, two cars. 
Lived in Rancho Penasquitas. $125 a week. Did that pay for that? That didn't even pay for my garage. <laughs> much less my house, much less my cars, much less all my kids that were eating food all day and night. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I got three kids. They were just ch chomping on stuff, you know, baby food all day long. But diapers everywhere. And, and you know what God said? For three years, that paycheck didn't pay my bills. I'm fine. Why? God said, I'm going to teach you to trust me. I'm going to teach you to trust me. You go about you. Go do what I told you to do. And I'm going to teach you to trust me. Peace. Everything can be falling apart. Everything is stable. Number three, or number four, but it's our third one. Uh, patience. The evidence of God's love being poured inwardly is patience being expressed outwardly. Why is this important? Because remember, this is the fruit of the Spirit. This is what you should pray for. This is what God's trying to do. So God said, God said you, your love is designed to give me patience. And by the way, another definition of patience is long suffering. In other words, you're not expressing patience until you start to suffer. Okay, for example, when I, my wife and I go on trips, I like to drive. I like to drive, like drive. Just like to get in the zone and just like, let's go to New York. I'll just drive to New York. Now, I, drove to, I actually did drive to New York and back. I drove in two and a half days going, three and a half days coming back by myself. I just love driving, especially at night. I love driving at night. There's something, this is really weird. There's something about progress in driving. You're getting, that's why I hate traffic. I have to move. There's something about those little white lines going by. Progress. Move. So when I, my wife and I drive, if we're going to go to L.A., I say, make sure you go to the bathroom before we leave. Because <laughs> once I get on the road, I don't want to stop. If I got to go to the bathroom, we're just going. We're just going. I got to go. Okay, I'll go to the bathroom. So we, we're going to L.A. one Friday. From San Diego, if you're watching online, from San Diego to L.A., Friday traffic in Southern California is nightmare. And so we're driving, and like half hour after we leave San Diego, going to L.A. on a Friday, she goes, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> this is when the Spirit of God... <laughs> Can I get amen? Amen. Amen. This is, this, is, this, this is the essence of my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Right now. So I'm like... We just left this Friday. We're getting ready to get into traffic. I'm thinking all this, and I probably said it. And she's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta go to the bathroom. So we drive, we pull over, I go to Denny's. I'm in the Denny's parking lot at 1.30 on Friday afternoon while the traffic is building up on the 5 freeway. <laughs> and my wife is going to the bathroom. That's patience. And here's the thing here's the thing real practical. God says to me, he's a, he, this is a true story, by the way. This, is, this really happened. Is the Holy Spirit says to me, listen, I want you to not express any frustration that you have to wait for your wife to empty her bladder. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. <laughs> This is a true story. He's like, and I'm like, oh, God, come on. She's like, is it okay? Yes, it's okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I can know this whole book. 
This is, honestly, I can know this whole book. Can't do that? What good is it? If she's stressed for the rest of the trip because of that, what good is it? Holy Spirit, give me patience. Holy Spirit, minister to me. I'm going to give you the rest of them. I'm just going to write them in there. Get your pen out. We're going to write these real quick. Next one is kindness. Be kind. Simple. Be kind. Think of one. You know what? You can think of one person in your life that you have a hard time being kind to. Anybody got that person? Look at all you mean people. <laughs> you should call that person up and say, I hope you have a good day. We're going to have a lady here, uh, Sean T. Feldman. She wrote a book on uh, the kindness challenge. It's going to be awesome. It's going to challenge all you to be kind to someone for 30 days straight. And it's going to be awesome. Mother's Day. She's going to be here. I believe she's going to be mother. She's awesome. She blows my mind every time I talk to her. Um, next one. Goodness. Say goodness. Number six. It'll say goodness. Write down goodness. Number seven. Write down faithfulness. You can write it down. Uh, you can say it, but I want you to write it down. <laughs> write down gentleness. Gentleness. <laughs> Be gentle, Daddy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. I mean, I, I didn't mean to imply anything. I'm just saying what I thought I heard. But uh, <laughs> write down self-control. Here's the thing, real quick. Holy Spirit, bear fruit in my life. Not, not first, give me things. You can ask for that. But if your heart is right, you will ask for things more consistent with what God wants you to ask for, and you will use them in a way that's consistent with the heart of God. But if you are asking for things to give you the joy and the patience and the peace and the happiness that the Spirit of God is supposed to give you, you are going to trust in things and not the presence of God. God doesn't want you, he's not going to bless his competition. And in your heart, in that scenario, the things is a competition with God. Doesn't mean you can't ask for the things, you just don't put them before God. And so when you're praying, Lord, give me joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And as you go throughout your day, trust me, the devil's going to try to sneak in and sabotage your peace, sabotage your joy, sabotage your self-control, test your patience. That's where you have to say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. That's the essence of walking with God. It's not I come to church and then go about my day. I got to walk with God throughout the day. Here, this is your, this is your encouragement, your boost, your kick in the butt. Now I got to go do it on a regular basis. Are you following what I'm saying? And so as you're praying, this is what you need to pray for. And when you pray for this, God, his, his, God gives things to people that he can trust them with. You may say, God, how come you haven't given me a wife? He, he probably can't trust you with one yet. Or the wife he would give you now is not the wife he would give you if he can trust you more. In other words, you, 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 you buff out that heart. You get your life right with God, God may give you a bigger business because he could trust you with more money. But if he gave you a lot of money now, you may do this and say it's mine. So he can't give it to you yet. You're not, he's, you're not ready. He wants, to give you, he wants to get you to a point where he can trust you with the world and you never do this. You leave your hand open. What does that mean? God, you can take it and use it any way you want. What he doesn't want to do is give you so much where you go, okay, I'm good. Bye, God. I'm happy. I'm good. Oh, really? I'm secure. I got my, oh, really? That's your retirement? Zap. 
He's going to take care of you. You don't need 10 million to be taken care of. All you need is food on your plate today. That's it. You know how millions of people around the world are just eating from today. In a minute, we're going to pray. There's some of y'all in some of the campuses, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. God loves you. He wants to pour his spirit out in your heart. He wants to transform your life. And we want to give you the opportunity to ask Christ to be your savior. There's some of you in here, you just need to surrender to God because God, the spirit of God is trying to stir you up and you know you've been fighting him and he wants you to give your life to him. You've prayed a prayer some time ago, but you're saying, Lord, I need to surrender. So I'm going to ask all y'all to bow your heads and close your eyes on all the campuses. And I want you to listen very carefully to the spirit speaking to your heart because he's going to challenge you right now to surrender yourself to him. He's trying to do something in you. I want you to grab the hand of the person you came with, if you came with somebody. And I mean, you know, they're your significant other. I don't want you holding hands with just someone you walked in next to. That's kind of freaky. <laughs> Lord, there are people here who need to give their life to you. They need to surrender their burdens to you, their fear, their anxiety, their soul. You may need to give your life to Jesus Christ because... He needs to forgive you, forgive you of your sin. Or you just are struggling. You pray to prayer, but you're struggling. And you want to recommit your life to him. Pray this prayer with me. In the privacy of your heart, pray, dear God, I trust you. <clears throat> I know the Spirit is pouring the love of God out in my heart. Holy Spirit, I surrender my life to you. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Fill me with the Spirit of God. <clears throat> Forgive me of my sin. Restore the joy of the Lord in my heart. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And whatever campus you're in, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand up. On the count of three. One, two, three. Stand to your feet if you prayed that prayer. God bless you. Stand to your feet. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. 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 Very good. Stay standing. God bless you.